You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities, where I scrape the bottom of the barrel to bring you the most obscure set list I can possibly think of or have thunk for me in some cases. This show is going to be wonderful. I mean, all of them are, but this particular show is going to be great. I've done this show before. It's a disco show, but don't worry. I'm not going to be playing any Donna Summer. I'm not going to be playing any Village People. I'm not going to be playing any Giorgio Moroder. I'm not going to be playing any Bee Gees. I am going to be playing music by artists who either should not have ever done a disco record or artists who never, ever, ever should have done a disco record. Later on in our show, I'll be playing you some leftover original versions of songs that you know, but mostly I'll be playing the disco. And I start this show by playing what I believe is one of the worst songs I've ever played on my show. And it's by a singer that I really like, Lou Christie. I like Lou Christie. I like his 60s hits, and I really love his 70s stuff, but early 70s, I'll say, because like Freddie Cannon, Lou Christie kept releasing singles all through the decade. Hit, miss, hit, miss, mostly miss. Changing styles, sometimes country music, sometimes that that jumpy pop that, you know, is pretty good. And then there's this. This is a song that he recorded about the Guardian Angels. Now, do you remember the Guardian Angels? If you're from Buffalo, like me, and you are of a certain age... You got WOR, I think, which was a New York TV station, which showed lots of New York content. And some of the New York content was about, in that time, 1980, 81, Curtis Sliwa and the Guardian Angels, who were sort of a, let's say, a militia of people who would ride subways and walk the New York streets. And this is when New York city was really, really bad. And they would walk the streets in their white t-shirts and their red berets. And they would stop people from getting beat up or they would stop people from getting shot at. And the leader of this group was Curtis Sliwa, who would appear on these talk shows in New York city. And we folks in Buffalo got to see it. And uh, every now and then he would talk about Donald Trump, who's this guy, da-da-da-da-da. But Lou Christie, who had hits in the 60s and recorded a good album in 71, recorded a song about the Guardian Angels in 1981. He didn't just record the song, though. He also rapped. So here's this thing. 
need something bright to turn on the light. Well, Hobbs in town, so the mission around. To do what's right and to keep it in sight. But we all forget, cause our soul's in debt. And we need something bright to turn on the light. Well, Hobbs in town, so spread it around.
was a good singer. You know, Debbie Harry was a good singer. She had a purity about her voice um, that made Blondie sort of the band of the early 80s. They were going to be that thing, the, the band that outlasted all of their contemporaries, including The Clash and The Ramones and Talking Heads. And not only did Blondie have a great singer, but they also had really, really good songwriters. And it's too bad. So you can hear that that was a a demo version of what would turn out to be Heart of Glass, but it was called Once I Had a Love in 1978. Um, and later on in the show, if we get to it, I'll be playing uh, another version of that song that was even older than that. Before that, Al Martino... And Vola, right? Who is Al Martino? He had num- he had one number one song in the United States. It was called Here in My Heart in 1952. 20 years later, after recording many, many songs, becoming very, well, I mean, being, being very popular, but never having a number one song, he would be, uh, I think it was, what was it called? It was Johnny Fontaine or... What was it? What was it? What was it? He was in the Godfather movies. All three of them. Um, Johnny Fontaine. I was right. And uh, he was the guy who was the singer who who wanted the part in the movie. And he asked um, Marlon Brando if he could have, if, if, if there was something he could do to get the part. And that's how the horse-loving producer ended up with a horse head in his bed, and Johnny Fontaine got the part, which is a different way of auditioning, I suppose. Before that, um, Guardian Angel by Lou Christie from 1981. And I told you a little bit about the Guardian Angels. And if you're a Clash fan... There is a song on Combat Rock, Red Angel Dragnet, which is about these guardian angels. They still exist today. And I think it's nice what they do. And I think that back then there was a big need for that sort of thing. And unfortunately, it gave birth to the single, that you, or not the single, but the song that you just heard. And I'm telling you, listen to this. As sure as eggs is eggs, you will never, ever hear these songs put together in this theme anywhere else. I got the goods, baby. This is Gilbert Neal, D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on on WHUP LP. No, no, no. Gosh, darn it. WHUPFM.org, all over the world. And if you're driving around Hillsboro right now, 104.7. My podcast is dsides.podbean.com, no dash. And there you can hear all my shows. One of the shows, the one with uh, Brother Theodore, not because of, but the one one with Brother Theodore's song, has almost gotten 100 downloads. And 
my podcast has almost gotten 4,000. Now, I know most of those are fake, but it's a nice feeling. So here's another artist that had big success in the 60s, but just kept going and going and going, and then they decided to release this.
take me through
Everybody did that in 1977. Oops, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, hang on. Everybody did that. Everybody was this was DC LaRue who who released some albums and I think only existed as a disco artist, but I like DC LaRue. I think his plaint voice is a good contrast to what was normally going on, which was hysterics and Broadway yelling and screaming and uh, studio backup singers let free to wail on grace notes as much as they wanted. But I like DC LaRue. I think that these are interesting records. Uh, that was Don't Keep It in the Shadows, featuring our friend Lou Christie from 1977. And I was singing little parts from You Should Be Dancing, because that's what it sounded just like. Still, people on the dance floor were not going to know. People at Studio 54 were not going to care. Maybe they think it was like a deluxe bonus version of it. I don't know. But... My friend Lou Christie jumping on the disco train. All aboard the disco train. Like Donny Osmond's album, Disco Train. <laughs> Before that, DC LaRue solo with Do You Want the Real Thing from 1978. And before that, The Letterman, who had a, a hit, their first, first hit record. Their first record to reach top 20 was... The Way You Look Tonight, which was a song from the film Swing Time with Fred Astaire. And it was composed by Jerome Kern and Dorothy Fields. Old song. Old song. Frank Sinatra had a huge hit with it. And good, smooth rock and roll to contrast that devil little Richard and that horrible, evil Chuck Berry. Those three guys calling themselves the Letterman. The Letterman. And they had a couple of top ten hits. And then they did this. They did a disco version of their first hit, The Way You Look Tonight. Horrible. I worked for the Buffalo Philharmonic. Back in the old days. And if you ever go to a Philharmonic concert. Or you ever work for a Philharmonic. There's classical. Where you can hear your Beethoven and your Bach. And your your Mozart. And your uh, Shostakovich. And then there's the Pops. Which is. Artists like. I don't know. You guys seem to like Ben Folds, so Ben Folds, or um, I don't know, Jewel maybe, Joni Mitchell. My my favorite band, The Free Design, did they they took part in um, a pops concert in Birmingham back in the old days, seventy one, seventy two, but Buffalo Philharmonic had fallen on bad times, and our pop. Our pop series was highlighted by two different acts. One was John Dankworth, 
who married Cleo Lane, who was a singer, like, not as big as uh, some, but still, you know, people liked Cleo Lane and John Dankworth. But the second big act to appear in that year's Buffalo Philharmonic pop schedule was The Letterman. That was the biggest group that Buffalo could find. The Letterman. They did all their hits. And they did their rapport with the audience. And I don't remember too much about the concert. I do remember that we got free tickets because we worked for the Philharmonic. And that was kind of neat. We didn't meet the Letterman. Um, but they did a disco turn in 76. It went nowhere. Nobody cared. But they tried, didn't they? So my name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities, and I'm on the disco train. Many, many, many artists trying disco, trying to put their names out there in the market in the late 70s. And I said to you that the Guardian Angel song by Lou Christie was the worst song. Well, I alluded to it being a bad song. I got something worse than that. It's not this, but it's in this set. So pay attention. You just might learn something.
So much. So much to unravel with that set <clears throat> for both of you. So the, the set started off with DC LaRue and Have a Good Time from 1979. And you can hear a woman in the background talking Spanish sort of preaching and gibberish and stuff. And that's a Rita Moreno who was in the movie West Side Story. And that's why at the beginning of the song, she said, um, I love to be in America because she sang that song. If you've ever seen the movie West Side Story, she sang that song. She was in the movie Carnal Knowledge with Art Garfunkel and Jack Nicholson. And she was in the children's show, The Electric Company on PBS. She was the one who said, hey, you guys, at the beginning of, at the beginning of every show. And I used to watch that show. And I, I guess it would be just a little bit older than Sesame Street. It was less involved in your child's comfort, more involved in teaching things like math and the alphabet and things like that on a little slightly more integral level. But she was also in Criminal Intent, the TV series with um, Vincent D'Onofrio. And she played the part of Gorin's mother, who was always in the hospital and always wearing a wig uh, because she had the cancer and... Uh, so she was she's she's been in show business a really long time. And one of the stops she made was this DC LaRue record. Strangest, strangest thing. After that, Danson Johnson. <sighs> we gotta talk about this. Danson Johnson was the brainchild of Bill Saluga who was in an improv group starting in the, the early 70s called the Ace Trucking Company, who had been on Johnny Carson and uh, all sorts of talk shows. And they were, I think they released, they released some, some, uh, some uh, records, maybe just the one. They, they did an album. But um, this is D-Sides, Orphans and Oddities. You're listening to WHUPLP. Dot, what was it? WHUPLP Hillsboro. All right. So there was this improv group called the Ace Trunking Company, and they would be on talk shows. And Fred Willard, who you know, because he was um, he was on um, God. What was the show that Fred Willard? Someone's bugging me. So Fred Willard was just a funny, funny guy. And he was on Fernwood Tonight, which people of a certain age will remember as um, a very, 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 very dry send-up of small-town talk shows. Uh, he was in Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, for your consideration, he was in the Anchorman films. Um, 
This is Spinal Tap. Um, he was in this group, uh, Ace Trucking Company, along with Patty Deutsch, who was in one of the records that I've played on my show, and I may have to play again just to punish you further, called The Hexorcist. After the movie The Exorcist came out, well, it was a big, big phenomenon. Just The Exorcist. It was just amazing. I hear. And Patty Deutsch and some of the people who were on Laugh-In decided to release this record called The Hexorcist. <sighs> but, so they're going along and they're going along and this guy, Bill Saluga, comes up with this character called Raymond J. Johnson Jr. Now, so you're watching TV and this guy shows up. He's talking to maybe... I don't know, Mike Douglas, <laughs> or maybe he's on uh, the Osmonds special, or maybe Cher or something like that. And they make the mistake of saying, well, Mr. Johnson, and he launches into this dialogue where he says, oh, you doesn't have to call me Mr. Johnson. No, you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can call me Ray J, or you can call me JJ Jr., or you can call me Jr. And the crowd loves it. It's funny every time he does it to the crowd. And it, it makes him transcendent to, I mean, the Ace Trucking Company, Fred Wilder, we all know him, we all love him, but you don't know Bill Saluga except for that character, and you had to be watching television at night to see this guy make a living with this guy wearing a big white brimmed hat with a zoot suit, a cigar in his mouth, telling you that you said his name wrong. That was comedy back then. <laughs> so he did this disco song called Dancing Johnson. This was 78. It was pretty much the apex of his career. It was like a little before and right then. Dancing Johnson from 1978. Bill Saluga, who was in the Ace Trucking Company with Fred Willard. Okay. And after that, you heard a song that you know called Heart and Soul. Hot loving every night. Of course, it was made a big, big hit by Huey Lewis and the News. But before that, the original version was recorded by a group called, anybody? Exile. Who's Exile? I'm talking a lot. Excuse me. I'm drinking this fine WHUP water. It really quenches the thirst. WHUP water. Ask for it by name. So... Exile started off in one form or another in as far back as the 60s. They played and they played and they recorded and they recorded. And then in finally, in 1978, they recorded a Chim, Chin Chapman song. Who's Chin and Chapman? Oh, my God. We could talk about this for years and years and years. <sighs> Chin Chapman wrote... All those hits for the suite. Ballroom Blitz. 
Um, Little Willie. Um, I don't think they wrote Love is Like Oxygen. I think that by then the relationship had soured somewhat. And I may, I'm missing a whole ton of them, but I may have said something wrong. I don't know. But that's Chin Chapman. And that what you got to say about them is they had, they had a gift for hits. They just wrote hit after hit up to and including this song that you know. I want to kiss you all over and over again till the night closes in. And I think that the, the suite was probably the, the band that was supposed to be recording it. But for some reason, they didn't. And the band that did record it was Exile. Eh, flopping around, flopping around. Early years, Richmond, Kentucky. Um, had a charismatic lead singer by the name of Jimmy Stokely. He's the guy with the really long hair. If you watch videos of the time and they perform this hit, Kiss You All Over, that's Jimmy Stokely. Kind of a visual focus. Had been in the band since the early 60s. And then they had this huge hit. And, of course, if you're watching things like Solid Gold or um, any any number of uh, variety shows, you'd see Exile doing their hit. But then Jimmy Stokely left the band and was replaced by some guy. But, but Exile kept recording. And they did another Chim Chapman song. And it was Heart and Soul, which reached number 102 or something like that. It was released as a single by Exile. And it was just as fine, as competent of a version as, as, as any original version. It's just fine. Fine. But Huey Lewis and the News, you know, they were there during the birth of music television. And they had a better frontman. They had a more pleasant band that everybody liked. And that's what happened. They had the, they had the hit. They had the top 10 hit. And um, Exile did not. What Exile did do was they decided, hmm, this stinks. Let's, let's do country music. And when you're in a band like that, you know, you are, it really doesn't matter. You know, you don't have a big group of fans following you around saying, hey, I don't like this country music. I want to hear it kiss you all over. But Exile was a success story because they had 10 number one country songs. 10. 10 to number one anything is amazing. But this band had two lives. And for that, I, I mean, I was in a country band pretty much after they had had all their hits in the 80s but we all knew who exile was because um their lead their their lead singer who was in the original band jp pennington was somewhat recognizable and he was um among the group when they switched over to country and they were very very successful so what you just heard was probably something you have not heard um, which was the original version of heart and soul um, by Exile. 
My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. Hey, oh, oh, so if you think Danson Johnson was bad, if you think Guardian Angel by Lou Christie was bad, I got something coming up that's that's almost as bad. But not this. This is great. This is great. <laughs>
My, my, my. My, my, my. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal on WHUPFM.org. That was Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, featuring Tony Maiden, and Street Player, written by a member of that band, David Hawkwalinski, co-written with Denny Denny Serafin of Chicago. And Chicago would go on to record this very same song in a different key, I think, on their album Chicago 13, which was the beginning of the end. I remember seeing them on Saturday Night Live recording or playing um, Street Player, which I thought was really, really good. They're pros. They are pros. But that was the beginning of the end of the original um, Chicago dynasty, if you will, because that was an album that did not reach the top 20. And their next one did not reach the top 100. And then their contract did not reach the top of the desk of the record company person. And then they regrouped and recorded for Blue Moon. Blue Moon was the label that Peter Cetera recorded his solo album on, 1981. Uh, That went nowhere because they were waiting for another Chicago album. And then they released that uh, Chicago 14 with Hard For Me To Say I'm Sorry, I Just Want You To Know. Oh, isn't that good? Before that, Lou Christie with People. Now, I cannot find this on a... Discogs or on his on his Wikipedia or anywhere. All I all I have is the fact that this was recorded for the TV show People, and the TV show People was based on the magazine People, so this was an extension of that. And Lou Christie recorded this song. Again, I don't have any information on it. I don't know who played on it or anything, but you heard it here first. I I venture to say you have not heard that song before, no matter how big of a fan of Lou Christie you are. Before that, my favorite band, The Free Design, with Hurry Sundown from 1968. Uh, Not the original version. In fact... I am. I, I don't think I'm going to get to it on this show tonight, but I'll just tell you that Little Richard, Womp Bomb Balloon Bam Balloon Bam Boom, recorded the same song a year before, and it has no resemblance to this one, even though the writers are the same. And I hope we get to it. If we don't, I'll just play it next week. That's fine. Everything's going to be okay. But anyway, Free Design, Hurry Sundown from 1968. All right. Well, I want you to go to my podcast, which is dsides, one word, dot podbean, dot com. And all my episodes from the past are there. Along with little notes about each song when appropriate. Some of them don't need notes. Some of them I can't uh, do enough research on them. But there's tons of stuff like that because I 
think that music is a reflection of our society. It certainly, certainly is with disco. Because disco, like all other music of the popular kind, comes from... What the... Oh. Because music, popular music of all sorts, comes from the black experience. And disco is no different. The gay experience, the black experience, that's where these clubs sprung up people just expressing themselves people dancing and making this music uh people like dc larue would come along and and really refine the process and include people like lou christie and rita moreno and other other people and some of it is good some of it is not so good but i like dc larue like i said and um And it was in the Bee Gees movie. I think I talked about this where they were having um, disco demolition night in Cleveland. Or was it Detroit? Cleveland? Cleveland? And there was a reaction to having um, an entire genre of music that came up, went down, but it was a way of white people asserting their dominance which is what that the, the, the point of that movie was trying to make. It's interesting. I don't know enough about it, but I can tell you this, that when I was a kid, nobody liked disco. Everybody was rebelling against it. But how could you, how could you stay in one place when you heard Night Fever? You know, how could, how, could you, how could you? And if you think Casey and the Sunshine Band was disco, I mean, how could you stay in one place when Get Down Tonight came on? How? That's what this was. So the best of disco is not drum machines and it's not orchestras. It, it's, it's, it's unique rhythm. And it's like any other form of expression in popular music. But it's happy music. You never hear a sad or, or a, um, a malaise in disco because people are trying to celebrate. They're trying to experience positivity. And that's that's another thing I like about disco, which does not excuse people who are old rock stars or um, people who had careers in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s from jumping on the disco bandwagon, disco train. Because more often than not, it's just embarrassing. Um, anyway, here's some more music. talk too much.
to the seven seas Don't cry, baby And I say don't sigh, baby Bye-bye, baby When I come back We'll live a life of ease It seems kind of tough now To say goodbye this way But Papa's gotta be rough now So that he can be sweet to you another day Bye-bye, baby It seems kind of tough now To say goodbye this way But Papa's gotta be rough now So that he can be sweet to you another day Bye-bye, baby And don't cry, baby Shoo, 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 baby Your Papa's off to the seven seas Say your papa's off to the seven seas.
I think it's fair to say that all artists from that era who went from the 60s to the 70s recorded some not so good songs and maybe made some bad choices or were influenced by a manager or someone. But I like that song. I like his his version of it. I like how those harmonies are nice and tight. And I, I, I like I think Lou Christie's voice is just so distinct. There's just there's just no way that it would all be, you know, bad. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal on whupfm.org, O-R-G, and go to my podcast at uh, dsides.podbean.com. That was Spanish Wine from Lou Christie in 1977. Before that, Shoo Shoo Baby, an old World War II sort of hip beatnik song by Ivan Dixon, who was... In Hogan's Heroes, people of a certain age will remember Hogan's Heroes was a pretty politically incorrect show. And I don't want to explain it now because I don't have much time. But if you're curious, go check out clips of Hogan's Heroes. and You'll see what I mean. And then look up Bob Crane and see what his life was like. It's interesting. Before that, Lou Christie... Clouds of Rock and Roll, Roll On. I didn't know that I put that in the show. I didn't mean to. It's from 1994. It doesn't make any sense in the context of this show. And before that, Lou Christie and Pia Zadora with Don't Knock My Love, which was originally performed by Wilson Pickett in 1971 and revitalized in a distinctly unsoulful manner by Lou Christie and Pia Zadora who was a sort of a, she burst onto the scene and she was in uh, Lucky Lady, a uh, very sexy young girl, married an old man, I think. I think. Was it her or someone else? Anyway, Pia Zadora was one of those people who were like a uh, triple threat. She could sing, she could dance, and she could, uh, well, she could sing. She uh, didn't act very well. Anyway, that was from 1980, Don't Knock My Love. My name is Gilbert Neal, and I'm not going to talk anymore, and I'm not going to get to, I don't think, Little Richard um, doing Hurry Sundown, but I'll get to that next week. Got a bunch of stuff for next week, and toodle-oo.
Streaming live at whupfm.org and on 104.7 FM, WHUP LP.